I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. It is Amberly Lyons here, your chakra expert, energy and crystal connoisseur, and your trusty spiritual BFF. I'm the founder of Chakra Girl Co., which is a platform giving you all the tips and inspo to be intentional AF, to live your best life and activate your chakras. Really excited about today's episode. We are chatting to the total bombshell, Alexandra Roxo. She's a healer, a writer. She's an expert in sex, love, and spirit. She helps women really tap into their radiant feminine energy. So today we're talking about how to embody your most radiant feminine energy and your most powerful self. We're talking about how to use your energy in sex you get it guys, sex and sexuality to get what you want. We're talking about tantric powers and spiritual sex as well. I have been getting so many messages about my meditation bundles. I'm going to plug it here real quick. The women that have been using my meditations every day are reporting that they're making more money. They have more energy. They feel sexier and more powerful. And it all just requires hanging out with me meditating for seven to 12 minutes a day. I mean, that sounds totally worth it to me. My meditations were made for women just like you to work through chakra blocks, to activate your chakra superpowers, and to just get through all of life's dramas. So I'm giving you $10 off, guys. Go grab them. Go to chakragirlco.com, select meditations. Coupon code is podcast. Okay, guys, I did the sexiest photo shoot yesterday. Shout out to Liz Rosa, dream photographer. She's such a bomb, professional, creative woman. And I was just so inspired by her and her vibe. I can't wait to show you guys the photos. I got my makeup done by Hannah Shell, who's just the sweetest angel. And she made me look super sexy. So shout out to those total angels and I can't wait to show you guys the photos they're like spicy but like 
calming. I, I, I literally used like a thousand words to describe them on Insta stories. And I was like, okay, Parisian. I think if we pulled all the words together, the vibe would be Parisian. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm wearing a bra on some of the photos. You guys, it's going to be spicy. Um, also got my lips done for the photo shoot. <laughs> Not the first time, won't be the last. I've been getting a lot of questions about my lip injections. So I want to tell you guys exactly what I did. So first time I got them done, I did a full vial. Um, it only lasted about three to four months. I guess for whatever reason, my body metabolized that certain type of filler in a, you know, a really quick way. The next time I went, I only did half and it lasted about seven months. So basically like if you are, I already had big lips. So if you already have big lips, it's kind of like, if you think about it, it's like putting a drop of water into a bucket of water. You actually need more depending on how big your lips are, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, first time I got a full, second time I got a half and it lasted longer this time. I mean, so when I say it lasted seven months the second time, there was definitely still some in there. I just wanted a little plump on my top lip. So I got a mini, a mini lip injection, but I only did the top lip. So it was about a quarter of a vial in the top lip only. And he injected on the lip line as well as under the lip to like make it more like pouty. And then when he does it like around the, I guess, frame of the lip, I don't know, is that the word? It just gives it more definition. So super excited to share that info with you guys. I know a lot of people are curious about it and wanting to try it. I know we were talking about how Kylie Jenner like made lip injections so normal like everyone's getting them but yeah I mean you're beautiful the way you are blah 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 blah. but if you're wanting to get them go for it it's actually really fun and yeah like I said there's so many different kinds of filler these days so just make sure you like take note of which one they're giving you and take note of how long it lasts and if it doesn't last very long get them to use a different one the next time and also a lot of people are like, is filler the same as Botox? No, Botox is different. Botox is what paralyzes your face. So you get it in your forehead so that you don't like scrunch your face up all day and end up looking like a wrinkly pug or Sharpe or some kind of wrinkly dog. Um, <laughs> Okay, that's an over-exaggeration. Um, anyways, yeah, so Botox is more like paralyzing your face and filler is what plumps up your lips. And don't worry, guys, I looked into it. It does not affect your third eye chakra to get Botox between your eyes. So if you feel the need, go get it. No shame, no judgment here. Do you, boo? Okay, chakra tip of the day. This is a root chakra tip. So the root chakra, I feel like so many people have issues with the root chakra, especially if you haven't done chakra work before or you're kind of new to spirituality. And root chakra is all about forward momentum. So if you're feeling really blocked from taking action, I want to share something with you that I've realized. So if you have a bunch of things that you want to do, whether it's like starting a business or like starting a new project, or maybe you already have a business and you want to like launch a new product or something like that, but you're not doing it, that inaction actually takes more of your energy and drains more of your energy than the action itself. Because if you're sitting there being like, why haven't I done this yet? And like feeling mad at yourself and like, just like, you know, really getting into like a snit about it, 
then you're actually taking more energy from yourself and that takes away from your positive root chakra energy. So the energy that would be moving you forward. So just do the action, guys. Like I said, I always like to do the two minute rule. I think I've talked about this on the show before. If there's something that you're dreading doing, but you know you need to do it, literally do like schedule in two minutes. Like everyone has two minutes, schedule two minutes in for yourself to do it. And then you'll end up just getting into a groove because starting is always the hardest part, guys. So some other root chakra things that you can do, get some garnet. That is like such a good crystal for your root chakra. Smoky quartz is a good one. Drink coffee. Do I really need to tell you to do that? Um, But that's really grounding. Eat beets. Like all of those things are really, really good for the root chakra. So go work it out, guys. Oh, and get my meditations too. Okay, chakra shout out. I'm pretty sure I've shouted them out before. Not sponsored, but open to it. Um, Voluspa candles. Guys, I got the most Christmassy vibe candle. I'm using it in my morning practice and then pretty much letting it burn all day because I'm obsessed with the smell. It's called Copper Clove. Okay, Voluspa Copper Clove. It comes in like a really pretty, almost like rose goldish, um, more kind of like pinky but metallic little holder and I got the one that has like the scalloped edges it's so so pretty Um, I'm gonna link it to you guys in the show notes go buy it for everyone on your Christmas list buy 10 for yourself also good for the sexy vibe so listen to this episode learn all the sexy tips then go burn your candle and indulge in the Christmas vibes okay enjoy guys Welcome back to Shocker Girl Radio. We are here today with someone very special. Her name is Alexandra Roxo. She is a transformational coach, healer, and writer who empowers women to heal their shit so they can expand past their comfort zones and embody radiant feminine energy by being unafraid to accept all parts of themselves, to face fears, to feel their feelings, scream, to play, to dance, to shine. She writes monthly moon ritual columns for the the Numinous, Girl Boss, and Mind Body Green, and has been featured in all the big magazines, guys. She's just a goddess force to be reckoned with. And in today's modern spiritual world, you've got to look up to her. She's an expert in sex, love, and spirit. And we cannot wait to learn all the things. Welcome to the show, Alexandra. Wow. Thank you so much for having me and for that introduction. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. We're just going to like pillage all the information from you. Amazing. <laughs> come, come pillage my village. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. What is your daily ritual? All right. So I have had a daily practice since I was around 19 when I d- discovered meditation and yoga. And I also discovered journaling and the artist's way, which is a great book if you've never heard of it. Um, and one of the things that book taught me was morning pages. So mm-hmm. I write every morning in my journal and sometimes I go through phases where I take a little time off, but every morning I write my journal, I pick a card, I meditate, I light a candle, I light a little sage. I usually sing a little something over the years, this changes and like it can, it can just slightly shift based on what I'm working on, based on what I'm interested in. 
but I'm really devoted to my morning practice. And, you know, uh, I've been listening to like the same music in the morning before I meditate for like 15 years. It's pretty intense. <laughs> what a, no, I, I love that. I feel like anything that like grounds you in and yeah. so what is the music that you're listening to? Please tell me it's like Backstreet Boys or something. Oh my God. No, I <laughs> would just go crazy if I started my day like that. Um, I listen to Brian Eno's either music for airports or ambient music. So Brian mm-hmm. Eno is an ambient musician who like, you know, kind of started a run in the 1980s, but something, his music was introduced to me in the time when I was having my biggest spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it sort of registered for me as start your spiritual morning like this. And it's Mm -hmm. like, there's kind of no turning back at this point. And I like to ease into the day. So I like to start the, the morning with very gentle music to ease my nervous system into being awake. And like, I dated someone who was from Israel and who liked to wake up and like blast like techno kind of dance music. And I was just like, this will never work. I mean, we had fun or whatever, but I was like, I need to ease into this reality. (laughs) That is what I look, I'd be like, okay, bye. This is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is your go-to crystal or oil? Go-to crystal. I mean, not to be cliche, but I do have a lot of rose quartz kind of around in my room. So I love that. Um, And I spent so much time working with crystals in my 20s that I don't work with them as much anymore. In terms of oils, though, I'm also super onto rose. And I think in general, like my whole life is kind of devoted towards like discovering more love and sex. And so I try to have everything around me sort of support that. So rose and rose quartz just feels supportive of that. Okay. I love that. And I, so I have a question that to piggyback on that. So do you feel like you are naturally more feminine or something that you, is that something that you've kind of like worked on through your practice? Mm, I have worked on it intensely, but I do think at my really, at my core, I have a very archetypally feminine essence. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, from the point where I was a little girl, I was really into expressing myself emotionally um, and to being in a more archetypally feminine space. But that doesn't mean just soft and gentle. That can mean like the archetype of feminine fire and rage and excitement. And, you know, so there's a lot of shades to that femininity. But what it is, is it's connected to nature and emotion and flow. And it's it's a very different um, energy than like a more rigid uh, energy that would be more directed. So at my core, I am a wild, emotional, messy, sexy, <laughs> soft being. <laughs> I love it. Anytime that I stray away from that, I am reminded that I need to come back and, and also create balance, of course. I love that. And I love that you're just like owning all the sides. Yeah. So good. Okay. A very serious question. Who's your favorite Kardashian? Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, it's so funny because my friend Gala loves the Kardashians and I have watched it with her many times. And she's been like, come watch this with me. It's really good. You're going to learn something. And uh, (laughs) and she's right. I actually have learned important things. Um, But which one's my favorite? I don't know if I've I'm just going to say I'm going to say Chloe. She okay. seems the most grounded to me. I think so too. Okay, good. Very grounded. And she's just page. like, I feel like we could hang. 
I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love a Chloe moment. Okay. What is a current book you're reading? So I'm a Gemini rising. So I'm usually reading like three books at once. I yes. gotta be honest about that. So I'm reading Michael Pollan's How to Change Your Mind, which is fabulous. Mm. Um, highly recommend that for anyone. And surround psychedelics and how that how they can help us with shift to depression, anxiety. I'm also reading a book called Desire, which is a tantric book. It's called Desire, a tantric awakening, which is really beautiful. Um, is that like beginner friendly? It's not beginner friendly. It's actually okay. by all. I do have beginner friendly recs though in the tantric space, but this one is for like somebody that's like kind of in the deep dark, the deep caves. Okay, <laughs> the deep um, caves of tantra. And then I'm also listening to Gary V's "Crushing It." So mm. <laughs> I'm really- a good combo covering all the bases. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love it. Okay, what is a guilty pleasure that you think maybe like good spiritual people don't do? Oh. I feel like get messy, like, like let yourself be messy and kind of mm. gross and wild and feral, you know, like, yes. like let yourself not bathe for a few days or like let your room get dirty. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that because I just unpacked my suitcase from like two weeks ago. So. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. I feel like women are generally, we're, we're really controlled and managed and yeah. clean and like, I feel like we're not allowed to just fucking break free as much. Yeah. Am I allowed to curse on this show? Oh, please. It's a curse. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm a slob. And I think it took me a long time. I was like so ashamed of it for so long. I was like, there's always dirty laundry and a heap on my floor somewhere. <laughs> like there's always a pile. Um, and I've just learned to be okay with it. And I think that took a I mean. I mean, there's still work to be done, but I I totally agree. We need to just like know that it doesn't have to always be buttoned up. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So let's talk more about you. Tell us about your journey to embodying your feminine and like making it your life's work. Mm. Well, so I grew up wanting to be an actress first and foremost. And I was like, I want to be seen and I have things to say and I want to dance. And, um, and my first spiritual teacher, who was this amazing psychic who was on a farm in Tennessee that my mom would take me to like once or twice a year. He told me, he was like, um, you're going to be a healer. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to be a famous actress. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Hello. <laughs> Do you so, see this face? <laughs> so I, I went to college for acting, which is literally like going to healing school because mm-hmm. you get there and they teach you how to breathe and they teach you how to free your body. They teach you how to accept yourself. They help you find your, like what your passion is. And so I didn't know it at the time, but it was like literally bringing me home to who I am. Mm-hmm. And, and during that process, I really found that I was so passionate about women's voices and women's stories and helping bring balance into the world and shedding light on uh, things that were happening towards women that I found to be really frightening. And so I wrote plays and I made films and I took photographs all around that, like super sexy, mythological feminist kind of art in my early 20s. And it also reflected my own pursuit of the divine feminine because I had grown up in the Bible Belt in the South and God was a man and there was not a lot of feminine energy in 
in spirituality or religion. And it wasn't until that I got into college that I found out that the, that actually before patriarchal religion, there was there were goddess-based religions that honored the earth, that took care of the earth, that honored women. This is like pre-witch trials, you know? Mm. Um, so during that time, I was like, fuck, this is awesome. Like, why is no one talking about this? And this was like, you know, 15 years ago or so. And, you know, the people that were talking about it were like amazing teachers, like this woman, Starhawk. um, And she's a great, amazing spiritual teacher who talks about the goddess and who's really an earth activist. And so, but it wasn't in the mainstream at all. You know, it's more on the, on the feminist fringe. Um, And not as like approachable to the masses, I'm assuming. No, no, it was kind of, it was witchy. It was granola. It -hmm. was like, you know, feminist in your face, anarchist. So it was not approachable. Um, but over time, I I, st- I kept writing things. And like, I wrote a web show called Be Here Now-ish with, with another person. And it was about our spiritual journeys. It was about how to be like a stylish gal in New York and still like wake up and meditate mm-hmm. and how to like go out to a bar, but then still like, you know, sit at your altar when you have like a date in your bed. Mm-hmm. And like, we were just playing with the comedy and like, that these two worlds coming together, like how do you create a balanced life of spiritual practice and intentionality, but then also like be stylish and go out and have fun. And um, that web show did really well. We were written about in tons of magazines and people were like, wow, this is so cool. Uh, no one's talking about this. And it was so funny because we had this joke in the show about like sticking a crystal in your vagina <laughs> to get the good vibes. Um, and it's so funny because now like there's amazing products that are crystals. Yeah, vaginas. now we're all putting crystals in our vaginas. Exactly. So it's like that moment in time, I like to think of myself as somebody who isn't afraid to put work on the edge there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but no, but the funny thing about being a visionary and, and creating work before the mainstream is that you don't always get the critical acclaim for it. You know what I mean? Mm, Totally. Because because you're standing out on the cliff and you're saying, Hey guys, I'm standing here talking about meditation, talking about sticking crystals in my vagina. (laughs) And, um, And people are looking at you like you're crazy. And then five years later, you're like, Holy shit everybody's doing it Mm -hmm. and it's 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 an interesting thing and I I actually kind of have surrendered to okay like what if that's how my life goes that I'm kind of always walking ahead to test the waters for other people and Mm -hmm. I'm like cool I don't mind doing that at all and so I've done that with like as I've I've grown as an artist I've transitioned into being a coach and healer so I can help other women to say hey it's safe to explore this part of yourself. It's safe to heal around your sexuality. It's safe to be wild. It's safe to be bold. It's safe to stand up, to speak up. Um, And then you're allowed to have all these parts of yourself. And so that's been extremely gratifying versus just making art about it or making films about it or writing about it, but actually helping other women to self-realize, self-actualize, to heal. Yeah, and to actually take the tangible steps. Exactly, exactly. So how can we, what are some steps that we can take if we want to move more into the feminine, if we're like constantly trying to keep up with Mm. in terms of like money, you know, career, if you're an entrepreneur and you're kind of always in that go, go, go action mode, how can we like embrace more feminine and more allowing? Yes, such a great question. And it's so important because the energy of go, go, go and do, do, do is very different than the energy of be and receive. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like I said, it's recently like you can't throw a ball and catch a ball at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you're giving, which is you're directing your energy outwards, you're creating content, you're doing things all the time, then you can't simultaneously be receiving. It's like it has to be a moment to moment shift. So mm-hmm. some ways, and I'll tell you some surface ways, more, more like external ways, and then we can go kind of layers deeper, but. Some of the surface ways are, and I remember Marianne Williamson, I'm going to give her the due credit for this because she created this course a few years ago called the Aphrodite and Athena training. And she was, I think, exploring her feminine side. And she was like, after you get home from work, you need to put the phone away, put the computer away, shut it off, take a bath and transition mm-hmm. from your, your Athena go-getter archetype of the goddess who has her bow and arrow who's a virgin, by the way. Mm. <laughs> I don't resonate. <laughs> yeah. Into, well, meaning she's not having sex because she's out hunting. You know what mm. I mean? So it's like the energy of being on the hunt for business and money and capital and all that stuff is not the energy of sexy, like Aphrodite, who's laying back on her, on her chaise lounge, on her half shell. And she's like beckoning you over to her. Yeah. Those Waiting t- for the D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, girl. Getting that. Two completely different energies. Totally. So one thing you can do is intentionally create time in your schedule where you transition. So if you're mm-hmm. going to a date or you're going to see your husband, love or friend, whatever, that you spend some time in between transitioning, putting on some sexy tunes, taking a shower, swapping your outfit completely doing some breath work. You can dance naked in the mirror. You can make some moaning sounds, but just softening, 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 coming back into your heart and into your body. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're at the computer all day. That is not in the body. We're in the mind. We're mind, 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 mind. So, I mean, the simplest thing is, is that starting on the surface is like just transition into that. I also have Pinterest boards full of pictures of like sexy feminine goddesses who are laying on the, that beautiful bed or that chaise lounge. I will look at those pictures from time to time mm-hmm. if I need a dose of feminine juice because mm-hmm. literally one picture of Sophia Loren and I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, I remember who I am. Yeah. I'm going to walk slow and I'm going to like take life slowly and I'm going to luxuriate. I'm going to eat this food so deliciously. I'm going to let all my senses be engaged. So there's all those external ways that you can remind yourself, right? The way you dress as well. Like if you're wearing a lot of really tight structured things, then you're going to feel like that, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you can allow for some openness, if you can allow for some softness in the way you dress then that will also be communicated Mm. but internally more than anything it's like you can fake it on the outside you can put on a long flowing dress you know you can like act sexy but if on the inside you're super tense and you're super controlled and super managed and constricted it doesn't matter how you look on the outside because you're still you're sending the message of which is vibe with your vibe of mm. of like control direction focus that you know kind of like ma- more masculine archetype mm. so to do that we need relaxed time people i hate to break it to you but like i tell my clients this all the time i'm like they're like, why aren't I surrendering into my goddess? And I'm like, because you're going from activity to activity to activity. 
Mm. So I have surrender Saturdays in my calendar where I don't plan anything and it's painfully difficult not to do, but I'll sort of be like, okay, I'll probably get a massage. I'll probably get a manicure. I'll probably lay around and read, but I force myself to do nothing. And I'm like a fast paced person in general. So this is a practice for me to slow down. But if you can allow yourself like a day a week where you're not like sitting on the computer and the phone Mm -hmm. and instead you're you're doing something yummy for your body and you're just being slow and luxuriating that will change your internal pace Mm, I love that I wonder if there's a way that we can like block our phones and like all our apps on (laughs) Saturdays probably I bet there's something I'm sure there is but I love that and it's like connect it's like it's like, it's easy to connect to because it's you. You just have to like drown out the noise. I know, exactly. Which is the hard part. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes for me, it's like, I need to dance around the house. I need to sing. I need to be silly. I need to shake it out. Sometimes it does involve like having a amazing glass of red wine mm-hmm. and like having red lipstick on and like, you know, just like really luxuriating. But I think of it like the Italian woman or like my dad's from Brazil, like the Brazilian women in my family, like they get their hair done every week. They get their nails done every week. They look amazing. They sit around and eat and talk and relish and like beauty of life. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of us have lost that because we're like trying to keep up with like all of our business stuff. (laughs) So true. And like, even like just Doing your hair and makeup every day makes such a difference. Yes. And, and enjoying it, having fun while you Exactly. Do it. Like I'm like when I do my makeup now, I make it like a ritual where I sit with my coffee and I bring my makeup to my couch and like a little mirror and I just sit and I relax. I don't just like stand up at the bathroom mirror and like mm. get it over with. I kind of like make it a thing. That sounds really good. That's a great way to go. Mm. Didn't do it today. Not going to lie, but okay. we do <laughs> our best. We're, do we do our We're best. We're doing our best. Mm-hmm. So what about the women that are kind of too in the feminine and not taking any action and sitting back kind of being like, why can't I meditate my way to this, you know, this big <laughs> successful empire? Yeah, that is definitely, there are a lot of people like that too, who need a little bit of a fire and a little bit of a push. And if that's you, then make a schedule, girl, woman, mm-hmm. you know, make a routine, get an accountability buddy, create some goals, create some deadlines for yourself, hire a coach, because we need you. The world needs yeah. every one of you right now. Nobody, unfortunately, I don't think can just <laughs> relax their way through life like even if you creating a community garden is your gift to the world great Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. there's not a hierarchy but we all do need to be participating actively so if you're having trouble like what is my purpose forget about that your purpose can change 10 times in this life yeah just what is passionate what is something that is is creating passion in you right now? Or what is something that's pissing you off right now that you could create a solution to? Yeah. Looking towards those things and then setting goals, setting timelines, setting schedules, finding someone to help you keep accountable. And then just getting over the sort of victim story of like, what if it's not good enough? Because guess what? Nothing's going to ever be good enough. Guess what? Whose standards are we comparing ourselves to? Yeah. A bunch of of old white dudes. Cool. So let's go out the window. You know what I mean? Like totally. And I feel like that's what I see the most with like people that are having trouble with the action side and like taking the steps and moving forward. It's that they are 
it's not necessarily only that they're like too much in the feminine or like their heads are in the clouds. It's like they're tripping themselves up and feeling so insecure and probably like having worthiness issues and all yeah. of those other fun things that women have to deal with and just yeah. can't find their way around them. Exactly. Exactly. And look, if you have that, I totally, totally love you and support you. And I know that it's very, very common. Get on your hands and knees on the floor, growl, hiss, moan, Mm. make some faces in the mirror and use your inner fire to move it. And just also remember that by you sharing your voice with the world, your passion with the world, you're doing something that not every woman has the privilege of doing because there are women in countries around the world that do not have the privilege or the opportunity to speak up, to share, to wear what they want, to dance, to sing wildly. And so if you don't do that, then you're doing, you are not taking it, taking this delightful gift that you have and sharing it. And and chances are your grandmas didn't get to do what they wanted. Chances are they didn't get to wear what they wanted. Chances are they didn't get to have their creative projects or their businesses. And so if you are having trouble with that, I say, love the part of you that's having trouble, support her, and then remember you're doing it for something bigger than you. Mm, I love that. So what are some archetypes that we can step into what would you say are like the maybe like three or four like core archetypes that you work with Mm, beautiful question well so I was raised like I said in Georgia and my dad is from Brazil so I do have some of the kind of more Christian uh, background when it comes to sort of working with feminine archetypal energy and the first feminine archetypes that I think I was introduced to were the archetypes that many of us have in which is kind of the the typical version in the war. So it's like the mother Mary would be more of the, the mother associated with the virgin. And then Mary Magdalene would be the energy that would be associated with like a more of a prostitute or what our culture has said before energy, which is, you know, misdirected in a way um, through this patriarchal lens. However, those energies which have been created by the polarity of someone else's definition do comprise two really big ways that we can express ourselves, which is claim, if you look at the Mary Magdalene energy as claiming the inner priestess, claiming the sexual energy, claiming the creative energy, sharing that and and having that a part of you as a part of you, that is how I connect with that energy, connect Mm -hmm. with her. And then looking at Mother Mary as the energy of compassion, the energy of empathy, um, the energy of a heart that can really connect with anyone, even the most vile person on the planet and see the beauty and the love in them as a human. Um, Those are really important energies to me. Also, Kali, the um, Hindu goddess, is a very important energy for me that I've been uh, working with for over decades, for like 15 years in many different ways. And she is the creator and the destroyer. So she really helps move a lot in the light in your life. So say if you're dealing with really big insecurities and you want to move them and you start chanting to her, uh, things will happen quickly and, and will shift. It's not like a woo-woo notion. But also when you engage with any type of energy, I always tell people, do it wisely, do it with integrity, do it with respect, um, know what you're getting into. So there's definitely the difference between, oh, I'm just working with an archetype and I'm actually working with a religious or spiritual or cultural energy of an actual deity. Mm -hmm. Um, 
for me, I actually work with more deity energy than just the archetypes because I have this deep spiritual foundation. So, so what is the difference? Tell us. Yeah. Well, what I look at, so say we're talking about like a Sophia Loren or a Marilyn Monroe, like this archetype of this like fecund, fertile, juicy feminine. That mm-hmm. is like one archetype of a feminine, right? Yeah. But we could also look at, say, like a crone, like an old wise woman as an archetype of feminine energy mm-hmm. as well. We could also look at like this um, angry, protective mama bear as mm-hmm. like this. I'm going to kill you if you come close to my kid as, a, as, a, and as an archetypal feminine energy. And then we can actually look at deities or figures from different spiritual traditions mm-hmm. as specific energies that we're wishing right. to engage with. Okay. Um, and since I have studied um, in different spiritual traditions, Hinduism, Tantra, uh, yoga, and then also in the sort of mysticism around Christianity um, and other traditions as well, that I actually connect with the direct energy of those things, mm. so or those deities, or is it like ch- is that like channeling? Oh no, it's like if you would have them on an altar and you would put a picture, right. say, of Mother Mary and pray to her every day, you would develop a relationship with her right. energy over okay. time, and you might begin to actually see pictures of her everywhere, or like mm. start to have these moments that feel really synchronistic, where you're like, okay, there's actually a relationship here forming. Mm. Um, and, and so that's the difference that versus me creating a Pinterest board of like juicy, sexy goddess women or, um, and, and looking towards that to evoke that archetype within me is a slightly different kind of. Okay. I is, love that. Yeah. One is spiritual practice and one is just like using mi- almost like mindset. Yeah. yeah energy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Love that. So let's talk about sex, baby. All right. How does sex play into embracing our feminine and our spirituality well the sex would not be possible <laughs> without yeah without this amazing femininity we are so we yeah. are as people living in feminine bodies right as people living in female bodies during this day and age in 2018 babies come through us Mm-hmm. A new soul is possible through our bodies. So we have this little doorway in our wombs to God energy, to creation, to something really weird and magical and mystical that, you know, we can't quite understand. And that energy of creation is sexual energy and it is this portal. And so the way that I look at it is that uh, as feminine beings, if we open to that, now, we have been told for hundreds of years not to open to that energy. We've been told to hide it, to keep it closed away, to like that it's too much, that it's too intense, etc. And specifically like from religions. So most of us nowadays, we're like, wait, 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 wait. I have this powerful, beautiful part of my body, this pelvis, this cauldron, this kudalini, um, this second chakra, this powerful, beautiful energy of creation and creativity. Like, what do I do with that? How do I use it? How do I open it? How do I heal it? Wait, what if there's like years of trauma there? And what if there's cultural trauma, religious trauma, you know, ancestral trauma? It's like, we're talking about big stuff here. And this is all shifts happening within the last, you know, 50 or to 100 years. Mm. So 
for us, it's cool because the women before us have paved the way for us to, to really be able to say, okay, like I can own my sexuality. Like I can be kinky. I can be freaky. I can be bisexual. I can have orgasms with my crystal dildo. Mm -hmm. Like this stuff is, is amazing that we're, we are able to to have the space to claim our sexuality and to have movements like the Me Too movement where people can stand up and be really honest and, and share their hearts and souls. Like this is all really important. So, but it means us like being unafraid because sex energy is wild energy. I mean, like it's yeah. not, it's not like you can control it super easily. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> So what do we kind of do then if we're hanging on to any shame or like, you know, past sexual experiences that didn't serve us or like losers that we had sex with? Like, how do you like let go of any of that shame? Where do you begin? Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, once you start thinking like, shit, I want to embrace my femininity and become more sexually empowered and walk through life, like being unafraid of how sexually hungry and wild and like freaky I am (laughs) and how that's also spiritual. Once you start to accept that, then the stuff will come to the surface that's preventing you from fully embracing that. So if you do have any shame or guilt or whatever, it'll start to kind of bubble up and that's okay. That's actually great. So if that happens to you, don't be afraid. You can use tools like journaling, like dancing, like doing different breath work practices. You can see a coach, you can see a healer, um, but staying present and not shutting down and feeling the feelings is the most important thing. Now you don't have to try to clear them out. Like you're coming through, you know, like just trying to fix and clear because mm-hmm. we actually just want to love those parts of ourselves home. We don't want to try to like tell them like, you're bad. Like, I can't believe you did that. Or I can't believe that happened to you. We just want to love the girl that had sex with that asshole. We want to love the girl who was in the abusive relationship. We want to love the girl who didn't know how to speak up and say no, because she's a part of us. And so it's making peace and acceptance and integration that to me is the way we heal, not Mm. in trying to, to like rid ourselves of it, like, and to like purge it out of us always. It's like, Oh no, actually I'm going to, I'm going to forgive the part of me that drank too much that night and went home with that guy who ended up hurting me. I'm going to forgive her now. So is there come, is there some kind of like journaling practice or like something that we can do to kind of get the ball rolling? Yeah. Well, I think the first one is to um, really ask yourself, like, what is preventing me from really embracing my sexuality, my femininity, my wildness, my passion, you know, all parts of me? What is preventing me? What stories or beliefs? Writing down the beliefs that you may have internalized from culture, from parents, um, from media, whatever it is. And then just beginning to be pay attention to those. And then doing a big self-forgiveness meditation is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Really forgiving yourself for all the times that you did all the things that are, might still be preventing you now from like letting go and, um, and just being fully sexually empowered. So I would say those are two things. Looking at the internalized beliefs that you're still living out. And then taking a look at where you're holding shame or guilt and not forgiving yourself or other people. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then just self-compassion, like 
just being gentle with yourself because, you know, we are talking about a lot of deep stuff here. So going slow, being gentle, realizing that feelings will come up, cry it out, don't smush it down, cry it out, feel it, take salt baths, use your sage, hold your crystals, you know, listen to sweet music and be gentle with yourself because as you expand and as you open, there might be a part of you that doesn't feel like it's safe, you know, that's like, wait a minute, you're telling me I can be so sexy and wild and a part of you is like, no, that's bad, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah, you hear like your mom in the background like, no. Yeah, you're a slut. Yeah. it's it sucks but that stuff it does happen like those voices totally well and then you like push everything down and then you cannot process you cannot Mm -hmm. release and then it like comes up in like weird ways and girl I get it I know so be gentle on yourself if you you know it's like if you want to open up that second chakra door baby then you might have some shame you have some guilt you might have some overwhelming emotions it's a very emotional place very watery um so, but just, it's a part of the process. And guess what? Guess what? You gain, you gain yourself. You gain totally. your connection to this yeah. amazing part of you. And even sometimes I'll like run into like an ex or like someone from my past and I'll be like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> be like so mad at myself. And then you'll, I just have to be like, okay, what am I supposed to learn? Like, why did the universe put this person in front of me today? I'm probably supposed to be more compassionate. I'm probably supposed to be more forgiving. I'm yeah. probably supposed to like move forward so I think it's like there's no yeah like to what you're saying like there's no like right or wrong way it's like you kind of just need to be okay with tapping into the discomfort that comes up and processing is processing it as you go yes exactly and just taking the judgment out like take Mm -hmm. the judgment out who's deciding why that was bad or good for your life yeah maybe that was exactly what needed to happen at that time yeah so like take away the judgment you know let stuff just be what it is (laughs) so true okay so tell us about tantra which is something that you've been working on lately yeah so that word I just want to clarify it's like it it's a big umbrella word it's a word that has like a hundred meanings and the way it that it's a part of a greater spiritual tradition where um, in different parts of different countries, they have different meanings associated with it. So I just want to honor that and sense. So if you go to like Southern India or to Kashmir or to Tibet or Nepal, there are different types of tantric traditions associated with different sects, S-E-C-T-S, and different, um, different areas. And the way that the West has kind of taken that is because because Tantra, in, in the Tantric tradition that I've been studying, um, we look at everything as a vehicle to knowing the divine. So you can be pooping and you can find the divine. You can be washing dishes. Every morning. And you can find the divine. So literally, it's non-dual tradition. So it means that the divine is not separate from us. It's not outside of us. It is mm. us. And we can awaken to it in every moment. So the the thing is, is that Westerners were like, they, they saw that, wait, the sex is included in a way that you can know the divine. And then they decided to kind of commercialize that and focus on that. So the way that like Neo-Tantra has come into um, the Western world has been through, hey guys, sex is included, which is kind of a bummer. It shows that we're sort of a puritanically sex starved culture. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like, who was just like, fuck, yay, we get to have sex. And yeah. Then, 
but it doesn't quite honor the true tradition, which is like literally to look at every moment of life as a vehicle for you to know the divine, to know source, to know love, to know God, whatever you want to call it. But relationship, partnership, connection, and sex are all ways that we can really deeply know the divine. It is a spiritual practice though. So it's not for everyone. If you're like me, you can also, you know, just live your life and no sex from a conscious and intentional place. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Tantra and doing deep practice was a way for people that really wanted to go deep with spirituality and really wanted to be like, can I find the divine as I'm washing my dishes? Can I find the divine as I'm going to the bathroom? Can I find the divine as I'm looking into my lover's eyes after they've confessed to me that they, you know, cheated on me? And with that, can I find the divine through this very grand, huge ritual of sexual connection, Mm -hmm. which again, is like kind of like, it's kind of like the grand finale of it all in that, in some of these traditions, it's like, okay, are you at the point where you can open? Because it's a huge energetic opening and an energetic portal. So it's not something you would just do with anyone. Say, hey, you want to come over for some deep spiritual sex? (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's funny because in my web show, Be Here Now, before I had really gotten deep into this study, my character did a tantric sex scene or what I thought it was tantric sex at the time. And it's a satire. So like she literally goes to this guy's house and he's like, let's do some tantric sex. And she's like, okay. And it's like <laughs> super ridiculous. It's a okay, really I need to see this. <laughs> yeah. And with a comedian. Anyway, that's not really how it goes. Um, but really what you're trying to do is be so present in your body, so deeply connected to your breath, so deeply connected to the other person that you do have this very ecstatic uniting experience where your body can turn to like light. You can kind of lose touch with um, your human form and transcend it in a weird mm. way. So it's that can be super trippy. And again, I would recommend first, you know, you get a good meditation practice going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ease but, into it, guys. <laughs> but but it's like the path of looking at everything as a way to deepen your relationship to ecstasy, to bliss. Like that's the tantric path. It's like I can walk outside and feel like the, you know, the rain dripping on my face is, is literally like someone kissing me and making love to me. Mm. Like I can have that kind of relationship with reality where I walk outside and the bird singing brings me ecstasy through my body. And that's what we're talking about. Like when you can feel high and blissful and like you're orgasmic, literally from just like listening to your favorite song or walking down the street that when that stuff's happening to me, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really connected. It's, it's now that I'm back in New York, it's like, oh shit, it's going to be a lot harder here. <laughs> but when I was in LA living by the beach, I literally could have days where I was in these deep states of bliss and ecstasy where literally like everything that I came in contact with felt so divine and so blissful and yummy. And like, I was making love to life. And that's, oh that's God. the goal of that. That is the goal. <laughs> Orgasms walking down the street is the goal. Yeah, and it's not even like genital. It's full, no, like, it's like full body full, orgasm. Everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> orgasm of the soul. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so what okay, what are some like 101 books that we can start digging into? Yeah. Well, um David Data's book Dear Lover is 
not necessarily coined as a tantric book, but he did study with tantric teachers. And that book has been really important to me. Um, I read it the first time when I was 19, and it really talks about love and the feminine heart and getting to know that. So I would say that if you're interested in love and sex and relationship as a form of spiritual practice, as a form of healing and opening, that book, Dear Lover, is really good. Mm. Um, Also, you know, in terms of 101 books for Tantra uh, or this kind of relationship partner work, there's two of my teachers who I studied with in LA wrote a book called the awakened women woman's guide to love. Um, and they talk about partnership as a spiritual practice and sacred intimacy. And I studied with them for a few years and they totally changed my relationship to what partnership could be and what, um, yeah, how, how ecstatic, how transcendent it could be to like sit across from another person and to go so deep with them. And, um, you know, some of the basics that you could bring to your already existing partnership, if this person wants to do it, you can't force it on them. So that was my next question. So can you go on this journey as one side of the relationship and still experience the results if the other person isn't going on the same journey. Yes. And both of those books I recommended are for women. And so you can read those books and then you will see, you'll bring something different to the relationship, whether it's gay or straight, it doesn't matter, but you can bring something different to the relationship. So okay, love I, would, that. Yeah, I recommend those. Um, and it's just like learning how to breathe and soften your belly and soften your heart and be present in your body in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. That is a lot of how we do this. And it can be terrifying because in the moments you're in front of the person that you most like, your mind usually starts going crazy and then you're not really present. And so mm-hmm. you're not in your juicy, sexy, open deliciousness. You're like in the, oh my God, did I wear this outfit right? And like, does he like me? Don't you, whatever. Yeah. So it's learning from your own practice how to stay in the deeply in your heart, juicy in your belly in those moments so that your partner can truly experience you and not your mind chatter and like the look of sort of blankness in your eye. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter how great your outfit is. If he can't feel you and if you're not really there, then it's not interesting and it's not fun. <laughs> So true. I've I've been that woman. Same. Me too. I'm like, I look amazing, but my mind's going. My to do list is like (laughs) all over the place. Um. Okay. So many good tips. I'm like so excited to dive into all of this. Thank you so much. Let's move into manic moments and manifesting, where we talk about our last meltdown and the last thing we manifested, and I'll go first. Okay. So. My husband's away for work right now, and I just get a little scared, like, when I'm by myself, even though we live, like, on the top floor of a condo building that's totally secure, and we have security and a concierge, and you have to buzz up to the floor. I still get scared. Mm. And last night, I had an intruder that was a spider. And for some reason, it was like a wolf spider, you guys. But for some reason, um, I was like, oh, my God, it's a sign. Like something's going to happen. Like there's, you know, it was it made me feel uneasy and violated. And I was like, oh, my God, something's going to happen. And then my dog like just woke up and started barking in the middle of the night. And I literally barely slept last night because (laughs) I really let it get the best of me. So, guys, 
happens to everyone, I guess. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've had that too. I had a moment. Um, okay. Last thing I manifested. So I've been talking a lot about reality shows, wanting to get one started. And I was just waiting for the idea to land. The idea has landed and things are in motion guys. So I know so many of you have messaged me and said, you need a show. Yes. Amazing. Really excited. And you are in TV. So I might need to talk to you about that too. <laughs> I think everyone that I interview on the podcast, I'm like, okay, how can you help me with my real <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yay. Awesome. Okay. What is your last meltdown? Okay. My last meltdown was not cute though. <laughs> That's okay. What? I have to like share these all the time. That's why mine was kind of lame. I have to like, I record like three of these a week. So. <laughs> okay. 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 And I always have one. My last meltdown was literally like I started dating someone and we had this beautiful, connected, open day, um, kind of whole long day date. And then I saw him the next day and we were meeting at this dance party and um, he was talking to someone and he sort of waved to me and didn't immediately come over to say hi to me. And because we had had this really open, intimate, connected day the day before and had mm-hmm. sex and mm-hmm. it was very beautiful and, and, and intimate in this moment where he took a little too long in my little, my, my view, my glasses, yeah. my perspective, he took a little too long to come say hi to me. And literally I got so triggered and I just felt the pain of being rejected and abandoned mm-hmm. and felt that feeling, which I don't know if anyone else has ever had this happen. Uh, where you, yeah. <laughs> where you, you make love to someone, you open your body to them, your heart to them. And then the next time they see you, they're kind of cold or avoidant. And it like, it was like in one second, it was like, I got just like slammed in the face Mm -hmm. and he came over like um, two minutes later. But during those two minutes, I had totally shut down and I I actually had to leave the party because I got so sad. And it was strange because I hadn't been that triggered in a while, um, like maybe years and years. And it was actually important for me to remember and to share with him like, Hey, so just so you know, like, yeah, I have wounds, I have weak spots. And for me, like to deeply share my heart and soul and body with you and then not feel like I'm being honored feels like someone just killed me. (laughs) And how did he respond? He was, he was really great. He was really kind about it. He was like, I totally get it. I was just in the middle of greeting someone who I hadn't seen a long time, who's visiting from my hometown. And I did come over to you. It just took me a little longer. And, you know, so he was, he honored where I was at. I honored Mm. where he was at as well. So I get it. I have been, that's so true though. It's like, you're literally like, fully naked in front of someone (laughs) and like I like like but not just like physically naked but like emotionally naked and like vulnerable and then to not feel honored it's like a scary freaking thing I know I get it um okay well exciting are you still connected with this person yeah we're going to ecstatic dance in about an hour oh dang so exciting (laughs) but 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 I I'm I'm really trying to keep the pressure off and like of course. date a few people and yeah. just let life happen because I can uh, be like, I 
I'm so excited. I'm a Pisces. I'm a romantic. Oh, I know. But, I When I was single, I was the same way. And I was like, I need to, I always say like, I'm going to focus on contentment rather than ecstasy right now. And oh. like feeling good in the moment rather than ecstasy. Because when you're like way up, up, like high as a kite, you can only go down. <laughs> so, yeah, so good keeping point. Keeping the even keel. <laughs> yeah, trying to keep it chill over here. Yeah. <laughs> so what is what have you manifested lately? Well, I manifested a book deal, which is, is really amazing. And oh I'm working God. on the book now, and it's called Fuck Like a Goddess. Yes. Step-by-step guidebook to reclaiming your sexual power. And i it's coming out with Sounds True, who just got bought by Macmillan. So it's um, its going to be a minute before it comes out. So I might have to come back on the podcast. Um, 100%. In early 2020. But <laughs> please send me an early edition. Yes, I so, so well. So that um, took me, like that, when I manifested that, I literally cried and screamed for joy. congrats that is so exciting thank you thank you thank you okay so new man new book new everything yeah yeah we'll see i'm in new york yeah things feel really good right now and i just got an email from playboy today so i'm like all right that was on my what Okay, what? No. what are you doing for Playboy, right? Well, just, just like, yeah, yeah not posing. But okay. I, I totally would pose. In case you're listening to Playboy, I would pose, but not like yeah. all the way. Playboy is definitely listening right now. <laughs> Please. <laughs> but um, yeah, don't, yeah, I think that they're actually not doing full nudes anymore anyway. I think oh, okay. Well, half bit. nude. Half nude. Yeah. Good. Yeah. There's half nudes of me on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's all good. That. And also my tantric sex scene in my web show, which is called Be Here Now, as you guys, if you want okay, to watch be this. Be Here scene. Now. We're going to link you guys to all of this stuff. Yeah, Be Here Now. That, that scene, I was like pretty naked and I was like, oh my God, this is okay. going on the we internet. Need to know, we need to know all the places we can find you naked online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this is the audience, right? Like, yes. <laughs> you guys are like some 22-year-old men now. <laughs> so good well where can we actually find you online well instagram is the best i write every day on instagram i love writing and sharing what's up with me and um and my instagram is my name alexandra roxo r-o-x-o and my website is the same um and i lead retreats and i do one-on-one coaching with um clients and yeah retreats events all the good things articles yeah she'll change your life guys i've been obsessed with her for a while so thank you so much thank (laughs) you so much for all of your goodness that you shared so many takeaways everyone's sex is getting better from this moment forward Yes. Fabulous. Let me know how it goes. If this podcast, like, you know, if something in it, it feels really yummy and is exciting, please let me know on Instagram or something. I love slide into her DMs. I love hearing it when people are like, I just did your course and I feel amazing. Mm -hmm. So feels good. Yeah. Love language is words of affirmation. So I always tell everyone to please compliment me as much as possible. Same. (laughs) That and and affection. Hug me. Hug me. Kiss me. need to be held. Yes. Okay. We need to just be friends. (laughs) (laughs) We can support each other. I can feel Uh, it. I surrendered to that at some point. I'm like, okay, me and my friends, we need to cuddle because like, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> Pet my hair like <laughs> yes. it needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. We love you. And thank you so much for listening. Go check out Alexandra Roxo, all the amazing things she's doing. And we will catch you next time. Go sex it up. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being a chill Shocker Girl and tuning in to Shocker Girl Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can find more info on Chakras and on Amber Lee at theshockergirlco.com. And follow all the glam and grounded goodness on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at theshockergirlco. Amber Lee loves engaging with her listeners, so DM her anytime.